my favorite Mario Kart after uh, Double Dash is still my favorite. I, I love Double Dash so much. I loved the, the mechanic of switching your characters and stuff. Yeah, Double Dash is great. The the little bit of uh the little bit of like fine control that you get yeah. from having the uh, the second player on the back of the cart like like shift you back and forth. Yeah, it was awesome for holding items and stuff too, and and being mm-hmm. able, like the way you could like a uh, kind of snake around corners and things in that yeah. game. It was it was a that game was it was my it's my favorite Mario Kart, it, and it's probably just because of all the I have a lot of good memories playing it with people also sure. in high school and stuff, but. I really loved the I loved the 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 double cart mechanic. I hope they bring it back someday. That'd be neat, but I doubt they will because it's kind of like the whole it, it defines the entire game. If you have that, you can't like have oh you could pick the cart with two characters because that would be super cheating. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, possibly like a mode they could they could potentially add like a oh, double that's dash. True. Mode yeah, that's a good point. To uh, in like maybe just like a versus race thing. Yeah, or even like one of the the one of the cups is. Uh, two carts or something like that that'd be kind of neat or not two cups excuse me two carts yeah i don't know what i said two players whatever i was trying to say you know what i'm saying i i under <laughs> i didn't even i didn't even call you out i, I got you <laughs> oh god so um what what uh what what games have have you been playing also what's your name and what are we doing <laughs> oh yeah hey welcome to uh welcome to the first retro breakdown of 2021 Ever. Oh. We're off to a strong start here in 2021. <laughs> um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, yes. My name is Dean. You can find me online as Time Wanderer at twitch.tv slash Time Wanderer. And maybe soon youtube.com slash Time Wanderer, but not yet because I'm still at like 67 subscribers. So Yeah, but you have a sweet new series. I do have a fun new series. Um, I've been... I've taken a lot of the holiday break to start playing uh, Final Fantasy VI with my wife, Jessie, who has never played a Final Fantasy game before. So I'm starting her on the right one. I would say six is the best, one of the best starting places. I think six or seven are probably the two best places to start in Final Fantasy. And six in some ways might be better because if you like... Like it's it's a totally different way and feel compared to seven. Where if you really like seven, you may not like six. I suppose vice versa also. But somehow it feels like you can go from six to seven, but maybe not seven to six if it depending on your your tastes. Right, right. Um, six also has. Yeah, I figured it would be easier. Like if she if she really likes it and she gets into it, I figured it would be easier to step her up from from six to seven. Hmm than to start at seven and go back yeah it's interesting though because in some ways six is it's aged better than seven as i'm thinking about it like in terms of loading and art and everything because it it still looks really good whereas seven (laughs) if you've if you don't like the way early ps1 graphics look you're going to really hate seven a lot (laughs) well and there's always the there's also the issue with seven where like i like there there the remake exists Mm-hmm. and the remake is so different actually yeah and i know the story is different too mm-hmm. but it's still like you know she is probably going to experience that story once if eve if even that many times <laughs> right <laughs> so like the i will say the remake story well depending on your take on it it's either a lot better or a lot worse if you played the original 
because uh, it kind of plays off on some on some stuff that happens in the original story, which mm. at first I was annoyed about, but in thinking later, I was like, you know, they could actually do some really cool stuff with it. Mm-hmm. There, it, I'll be really disappointed if the part two of the remake just kind of pretends like none of the ending took place and they just kind of trot or like they just go through the the plot points of the rest of final fantasy seven and then at the end of the part two they're like oh wait what about all this other stuff and they kind of throw it in there right, so right. i really hope that they kind of take it in a whole new direction as opposed to just recreating the next you know 10 hours of final fantasy seven in part two or whatever they're going to do so th- th- it's but but that's beside the point it's just that it's uh i i think knowing the story of seven could make the the remake more interesting or if you're one of those people that gets really angry about the spelling of Aerith or Eris, then you could be really upset by the remake. <laughs> but but you know who you are already. <laughs> yep. And that ain't me. No, no. <laughs> but no, six is such a cool starting point because I love the it's it's a lot it's actually really it's a pretty easy Final Fantasy also, like a pretty easy JRPG in general. There's cause of things like As they autocross. Go, yeah. Like the auto crossbow is basically cheating for the first half of the game. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I've been second... I've been trying to like it's been a struggle for me because I have seen so many let's plays where you have you've got two people on the let's play. One person knows the game backwards and forwards. Sure. And the other person is like having a blind experience, and so it's sort of like a guided like. It's sort of a guided experience of like, hey, here's some tips. Yeah, here, like you're kind of like a walkthrough. Yeah, but I'm (laughs) trying not to be too much. Yeah, no, it's it's, you know, you you could ruin it and be like, oh, just go here. Use this. Equip that like that's not right. Right, right. Like at the same time, like I don't want her to get frustrated and get stuck on something and not know what's going on and be like, oh, yeah, it's like that's a bad experience. So I try to step in and like. And drop a drop a hint here and there where it's like, okay, listen, you need to go into this room and buy these things. They'll be really useful to you down the road. Yeah. Like, don't miss this, you know? Yeah, I think it, you, can, you can look at it depending on how she would want. Like, so, for instance, I like playing JRPGs, especially older ones a lot of times with a guide because I hated missing something. Like, that would drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um so if you if you think about it where you're sort of working as a walkthrough, then you can kind of be a little more spoilery. But if she's more like, I just want to explore, then it's like, oh, I have to be more vague in my suggestions or, or only come up when it's uh, when, when clearly it's getting frustrating. <laughs> or like, so there was one thing where, OK, so, you know, the the famous early part of FF6 where you fight Altros and then the party gets split and then you yes. have to choose which thing you uh which with pat which path you take or whatever? Yep. Yeah. There's a really okay. fun leveling loop you can do there too. You're talking about the raft, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like you're on the raft, and then it's like okay, so Saban gets knocked off the raft, and he goes and meets Cyan and Gao. Yep. And um, oh Saban. And then um, what do you call it? Um, and Locke is in South Figaro, and he's yep. playing like saboteur. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then the main party is headed to Narsh on the mm-hmm. raft. What right? a crazy game. I mean, actually, <laughs> where you're, all of these characters are split up. It's <clears throat> it's so cool. It does such a good job of decentralizing the plot because 
most of the time, I mean, aside from the first one where your party is just four random dudes you pick. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Slurp. <laughs> well, right, right, well, it's 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 I think the only I would say it's one of the only JRPGs in general where there is not a main character exactly. Right, right, right. Like, like it you can just seems... decide who your main character is and that's who you've decided is your main character. I like if you had to if you had to put like a default main character on the on the game it would be Terra, right? Yes. Yes, cuz she's like the she's she the, does some stuff and some things happen later on. She's the first one and... you start with and you know, she has a pretty significant role to play in the story. But then like but there's some serious moments where well, I mean well, well, she is not. She's in the background and yeah. everyone else is getting their stuff. And you like by the end of it, I think you attach to whatever character you want to as being like your main character. Mm-hmm. Like the, the story does not centralize on her for very long. She's kind of just a plot device to get to where you need to get to for the like overall like world building. Right, yeah, and, and I can't think of. I'm trying to be vague on this so that she no, I know that's. Like I, I that's that's what I realized too is I don't want to. I don't. I I started to want to say something and then I was like, oh wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the really sad thing is like she has seen so much through osmosis that there are some things that she's already just like I wouldn't say spoiled, but kind of spoiled. Well, if she listened to the podcast a couple weeks ago, we literally talked about some of the major spoilers. No, I just mean like like really simple stuff like knowing that Kefka is the villain. True, but you come you you kind of pick. I guess you wouldn't know if he's the true villain. Um Right, right. You know he's a villain, but you don't know that he's God King villain. Right, yeah. Well, and dude, God. Oh my god, I love that music so much at the end. Exactly. Like she heard like I I had her when she's watched dancing mad GDQ. like a decade ago. Right, exactly. And and she's seen GDQ and there was there's a run a couple years ago with the where the final run was Final Fantasy 6 with um I can't think of the guy's name. He he's so friendly like Puixel or Puixel or something. Oh, Puixel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, he's fantastic. And so she probably saw bits of pieces of that and stuff too. Yeah, so like just from like little bits of Osmosis like she knew the opera scene existed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like stuff like that. And like in the first half of the game, Kefka's around and he's obviously a piece of garbage. But, <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's almost just a... like silly. He's just goofy. <laughs> yeah, he's goofy. And he's an he's a he plays as an underling to like more powerful people. I mean, he's truly the I think he's one of the best villains in a RPG just because he's actually insane. <laughs> like basically like it's yeah. just so fun. Yeah. But just like so little stuff like that where it's like, oh, this should be a big twist because there's a thing where like there's a thing where like Hefka is going to become the main villain. Yeah. Despite the fact that it really looks like Emperor Gestal is is uh, is making a push to be the big bad. Oh, you know, I forget. That's true. I completely. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get to that point, you meet with him and like he's the leader of the Empire who's doing mm. all this stuff. And he's kind of behind all of these things. And, and Kefka's just sort of his toady underling. Yeah. Kefka so could it's like turn you a... have this whole thing in the first half of the game where it's like, is Kefka the big bad or is yeah. Kefka just some shit lord who works for the big bad? 
he could, is he, he the he, comic he, relief villain? I was about to say he could almost he could even turn a Bowser somehow and become your party member or something weird. Like I could see something strange happening where yeah. he's just misunderstood bad guy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, you're he, right. Like, is he the is he the big bad or it, like is he the is he the Sephiroth or is he the Magus? Mm-hmm. Is he the yeah, exactly. first half right. bad guy? Right. And then you're like, oh wait, no, it wasn't him at all. Mm-hmm. There's way bigger fish to fry. But like, there's no there's no intrigue there. She's just mm-hmm. she's going into it in terms of like, okay, how does this happen? Which is it's still a fun ride. And, oh, I mean, absolutely. And that's kind of just the... actually seeing the way that he becomes the big bad is like, oh my god. Yeah. Every yeah. So god. You you idea. know the moment I'm talking about, like yes. the the moment. <laughs> the the big moment. I mean, God. I'm I'm excited. What you guys are on? Oh, you just released one today, right? I haven't watched. I think. Oh yeah, the, we've got like five weeks worth of episodes. We just finished the Opera House. We're about to head yeah. towards. Uh, we're about to head to Vector in the capital, to the Magicite facility. Yep. We There's just, a really fun. We just moved out of Zozo. Did that whole thing. Oh wow. Okay. Um. So we we basically found Esper, uh, uh, Terra in Esper form. Mm-hmm. And got our first S- uh, our first Magicite pieces. Mm-hmm. So everyone's got like a tiny about a tiny little bit of magic now. <laughs> yeah, I-, I would like to play through six again. I- you know, you know what's weird about six? What's that? Um, I was looking for which version to play, hmm. thinking that there's like a definitive edition now. Okay. I don't and think so. it's just like Super Nintendo, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it basically is because there's just don't play the PlayStation one because I played that. And, oh, my God. There's so much loading. Yeah. Like the PlayStation one is like universally reviled because like, why are there loading? Why are there loading screens on every random battle? That's awful. I, I played through that whole game <laughs> twice on the PSX and because and, I didn't have it on Super Nintendo. Um Oh my god. But it's it's well known that the um it's well known that the the SNES translation is crippled, so to speak. Yeah. It's good, but like even Ted Woolsey himself is like, I had to make so many I had to like eliminate so much context and cut so many corners. And edit so much stuff because yeah, of I mean, the a combination ha- of Nintendo's time. content standards yep. and cartridge space because we only had so many text boxes to work with and the Japanese text doesn't take up as much space. Mm-hmm. So I had to edit things down and down again and down again and down again just to make it fit. And in some cases, I and there are some cases I just messed up and just well, watched yeah. the translation entirely. Oh, and, and Andy had such a short amount of time. Like, yeah. And and you have to remember that <laughs> he had finished translating Final Fantasy V, and then Sony was like, "Nah, we're not releasing it in America." So, I mean, oh, I didn't even, know that. Yeah, he was close to being done, and then they're like, "Yeah, we're not bringing it over." And he was like, "Oh, okay." So I wonder if there's that part of him too. That's you know that like, okay, great, is this going to happen again? Kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think so. I think the 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 problems with the six translation at this point are worth seeing it for your first time through, at least if, if you know, you're English speaking because right. it's, it's iconic now. Right? It like, is. And I, and that's sort of what I landed on. Um, 
I was kind of interested to see what an updated translation would look like, and apparently the GBA version has that. Oh, I forgot about the GBA. Oh, never mind. The GBA one is definitely the definitive. Well, yes and no. What's what's missing from it? Apparently, because of the limitations of the GBA, the music is badly bit mm. That's right. That's right. Because the, so the, five... the music is really badly, um, like sort of scaled down. Yeah. And because the SNES's sound chip is freaking awesome. Yeah, that's right. Because I think five five had the cool bonus dungeon and some extra classes and stuff. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah. GBA one, I remember that there was like a a pirate guy I want to say or something strange or a cannoneer or something. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. I remember something like that. Like that's actually I played the I played FF five Advance. Yeah, me too. That was that. And that was my first Advance, time playing it. Six Advance is close to being the definitive edition because it has like, you know, it has the updated. It has like basically all of the same affordances of the SNES version, but an updated translation. Yeah, but so it's like the if you, graphics if you're playing... and the music are scaled down, and mm. the uh, and apparently people don't like the people don't like the uh, the sprite work as much. Was there any bonus it's... stuff added to Six Advance? Huh? Was there any bonus stuff added to Six Advance? I don't know. So if there's nothing bonus added, then never mind, because I thought they would have added bonus stuff like they did with Five. I don't like there may be. I'm not aware of it. Mm. Um, I yeah, do dude. know. Have you seen the Steam version? <laughs> That sounds like yes. Oh god. I mean it's just a cell phone version. It's Yeah, the, but the, have you seen it though? Yeah, no, I cuz I was going to buy it. I wanted like 10 years ago. I was like, "Oh, I'm maybe 8 years ago. I don't remember." I was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll I want to get the Final Fantasy games on Steam and play through them again cuz I had 7 and 8." Um and they had released 4. And I was like, "Cool." I was like, "Oh, what the the hell? What's wrong with these character models? They're so the the sprites are disgusting. Like why do they all look like they were made in like RPG Maker 7?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what it i mean like or like it's, it's like a sprite version of like a kid's show like caillou or whatever like like with big heads and they just look weird i i don't know it's it's just a very strange... hey that got canceled what that did yeah like last oh, week oh wow I, I i just remember thinking it was a really well never i never i'm, I'm actually not gonna say one. <laughs> 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 never mind <laughs> Woo. okay <laughs> <laughs> moving on i don't I even know what you were gonna that. say i'm just i'm just assuming if you if you like pulled back on it like that i'm like okay i guess i guess that was probably bad to say <laughs> it's it's not that it's particularly bad it just might be offensive and i don't want to be the person that says something offensive <laughs> that's fine so anyway yeah ff6 steam like it is the steam version is just the the mobile version yeah um it's just like upscaled for PC. Square absolutely 100% hates their fans. Like Square I, has I, mean, I think they hate their I'm, I why dude, you know you can't you know the Final Fantasy 7 version on mobile, you have to risk using your limit break or crashing your phone. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they hate their fans quite as much as it's just that they don't really care much about their mobile ports. I guess, but why would they release them on PC? Why wouldn't they just release the original games? Because the mobile version is better optimized for PC. I guess I just, and... I can't, why did they change the sprites in the mobile version? Like, I don't understand the thought process behind any of it. 
Well, FF6 in its original form is licensed by Nintendo. So to use the original art and the original the original art and the original, you know, assets as they showed up on the Super Nintendo possibly may have caused some sort of licensing issues. And so they just decided to remake the game for mobile so they wouldn't have to deal with Nintendo to get any any of their previous assets. I guess it's possible, but then I'm spitballing here. I don't know if that's the case or not, but because it was released on Sony. So maybe I, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe it's, I think it's been a long time. So I don't know. Who knows? The, the, The point is, if you have the option of not playing it on Steam, then then please play it some like don't. Yeah. <laughs> so like that was the whole thing is like there's this whole thing of there's this whole thing of like what's the definitive edition? Like the the SNES version has the has the janky translation, but it also has like arguably the ironically <laughs> the best art and music. <laughs> the old SNES. And then the GBA version is like a little scaled down graphically and people apparently like this seems like a small issue, but people apparently hate the font. On what? On the on the uh, on the handheld versions. <laughs> I'm OK. I, maybe maybe fans just hate themselves. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I sent you a picture. It looks fine. Oh, I see it. Yeah, it looks totally fine to me. This is this is like a it's a little no. blocky, but like it's on a it's on a GBA screen. Like, I'm sorry, they have the pixels that they're working with are like I, this looks great. I have I have no complaints. This would be like a moment where you look at the person just say you're just looking to be upset at this time. Right, this right, right, right. <laughs> the sprites in the God, the GBA version is really expensive. I didn't buy it because I had the the PlayStation version. I had played it a bunch and I had borrowed my friend's Super Nintendo one at the time and uh so I, I never bought the GBA one, and then I wanted to a couple years later. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that ever. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> it was uh, rather pricey. Yeah, I don't think I have 6 Advance either. I have 3 on the SNES, so I don't really need 6 Advance, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was more of just I wanted to play the game, and that was going to be the easiest way to play it. And then right, I was like, right, no, right. it's not the easiest way. What am I... <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> there are certainly so... much easier ways. <laughs> So, yeah, we defaulted to the SNES version because, you know, I just kind of landed on like, you know, the only downside to it is that the translation is kind of jank. But I love it. I love the janky. But that's kind. Yeah, that's kind of part of the experience. It is. Well, especially since it's how you experienced it. Now, if you had never played that version, then maybe it would just be annoying because you're like, oh, this is dumb. Like son of a submariner. Like, okay, Right. It's. When you when you take into the the consideration that it was literally one person doing it all, and and Nintendo had just gone through like all those lawsuits and stuff about well not Nintendo specifically I don't think, but um just in general about like you know the censorship and all this kind of stuff and so they couldn't say mm-hmm. swears which right, is what's right. supposed to be in that line, um he's supposed to say like oh damn or something like that or I don't remember what it was. Um, I mean, like, let's be real. Like, what's the Japanese line? It's probably something along the line of like Kusoyaro. Yeah, yeah. It's I like don't, you I don't assholes remember. or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, which like that has been translated into English in like dozens, if not hundreds, of different ways because it's such just like the it's such a it's just such a normal insult. Right. Well, and it doesn't carry the same weight that 
if you call someone an asshole in a PG movie, you're going to be like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that would be confusing. Also, games right. as a medium were more adult in Japan. And like, like, uh, they, well, they allowed that. They allowed things that are considered a quote unquote kids medium in America to have adult themes. Cause like, of know, course, anime and stuff, there's a lot of adult content. I don't mean like sexual. I just mean ideas and stories and. Even oh yeah. No, like this. Holy shit, man. Like you want to talk about adult dark themes in a video game. Yeah. Play FF six. Yeah. There's some serious there's some moments. Let's go. Like, I don't want to talk about no, this, no, any specifics, no. but like, oh boy, is there some stuff. I love that we we truly straight up spoiled the game a few weeks ago, but now we're like, no, we must be secretive. Shh. <laughs> I don't even remember what we talked about, but it's fine. <laughs> um, Yeah, so definitely follow Dean's YouTube channel, Time Wanderer's YouTube channel, because... I mean, it's fine. I introduced myself as both ways, so... Oh yeah, I, I was I was just doing the I don't know saying it both. I don't I have no idea. <laughs> I'm I saying I'm process. saying either way is fine. There's <laughs> only that. two of us here. They know you're talking about me. Watch unless the you're person's... referring to yourself in the third person. <laughs> no, you know I'm gonna just we we should just do that sometimes. Really really confuse the audience. Yeah okay maybe um, maybe around like say early April or so. <laughs> God, the internet's ruined April Fool's jokes. It really not they were, has. I'm I'm not like a big fan of pranking. Like I don't think being I'm not someone really for a laugh is funny almost ever, yeah. unless it's maybe in the like a movie setting where it's not real, and then yeah. it can be kind of funny. Um, but I will say early video game pranks were phenomenal, which we can talk about at a later date. But now video game pranks are dumb. <laughs> yeah, because like <laughs> watch this, and we're gonna announce that we're doing it. It's like okay. <laughs> I, I remember I remember one from EGM where they uh, they did a whole like one page feature on a Lord of the Rings cart racer. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and those... I totally I totally bought it. Oh, I, I fell for the one that I remember actually falling for as a kid was in. I think it was Expert Gamer. They had a thing in there where it was like if you collect all of the Pokemon and you do something with the Dragonite by trading it back and forth, the sprite image turns to a Yoshi. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And I started to get excited and like start to do it and everything. And then I was, I don't know what happened. Like I closed the magazine or I was talking to, to Kyle and I was, and <laughs> somehow I was like, wait, this just doesn't feel right. And it was an April Fool's joke, but that was, that was mm -hmm. a really good one because you have to remember that sometimes the months were weird too. Like when it was, when you're reading the magazine is not necessarily on April 1st, right? Oh yeah, no, so, it could, it could very easily be before or after. Right. So it's, it's a little different than now when you boot up a webpage on April 1st and everything's all fun. You're like, Oh man, I wonder what today is. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Th yep. There was game FAQs one time did change all their entire website to pink and another color instead of blue and white. And I know a lot of people were really angry about it until they realized it was April fools. And that was one that was kind of funny. Cause it was like, you know, in 1999 or something mm -hmm. or 98 when the internet was still very new right but yeah uh, also my name's tom <laughs> that that hit me like like you just said like 90 like 98 99 when the internet was still new and i'm just <laughs> thinking about the concept of the internet being new and how it's that weird was a time when we were alive and and cognizant yeah well, i mean it's it's a fun 
it's fun thinking about how different it was too. Um, especially, I, I love. You have to think about how you know people talk about how you know there's 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 not a lot of good sometimes in people or whatever, and then you think about the fact that people spent hundreds of hours writing guides for video games on game FAQs for no reason. <laughs> yeah, and there's a part of you that's sort of thinking, yeah, sure, they got some internet street cred, but no one cared about. Like, who cares? It's you, you. That's not even their real name. No one knows who they are. Right. They did it because they loved a thing and they wanted to share that love with other people. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely biggest my my biggest respect to people who make game faqs and made game faqs that i am still using to this day to, to, yeah dude like thank okay. you for putting prima out of business <laughs> oh god prime games <laughs> their guides are so bad oh i have were. a few on the shelf behind me but yeah like, I have i'm really too. happy to not have to buy them for 25 dollars to know what's going on in the game anymore <laughs> <laughs> i do remember though being um taken to like a barnes and noble or something as like a kid and just sitting on the ground you in know front it was of a the borders. guide or yeah it was a borders you're right um <laughs> rip borders rip borders indeed but i, I love look like leafing through the 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 strategy guides because that was my <laughs> what i wanted to do instead of look at books mm-hmm. um I, i'll never that's i think i told you that when i so i rented final fantasy 7 and I kind of got stuck at a spot and we had to return the game and we were at actually a Borders and I was looking through the guide and I saw that the scene where, because whatever for whatever insane reason, Brady Games also kind of was a crappy guide maker. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. And they, in the middle of their freaking strategy guide, they have like 10 still images of Aerith's death scene. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, just straight up, they have screen caps of the FMV in the middle of the guide. And I was like, holy shit, what is happening? <laughs> I showed it. I was like, mom, mom, can I buy this? Because she, she was asking if I wanted to, because uh, obviously there's a lot of reading in Final Fantasy VII, and she was happy about it. She's like, oh, do you want to buy this game instead of renting? I was like, yeah, yeah, can I buy this book? And she's like, well, I don't know. Those are kind of expensive for what they are, because like, you know, no one really understood or she didn't know what a guidebook was and didn't know why it would be helpful and so i explained it to her and she's like okay we'll we'll buy this one i was like oh thank god so i ended up reading it but i couldn't believe that the strategy guide sh like showed me that image and i had to know what the hell was going on <laughs> like um so uh old old strategy guides were really bad and game faqs did not have that problem where they would show you screen caps of major story elements no, they did. It, they did have the the Wikipedia problem of being occasionally unreliable, um, sure. being giant, incomprehensible walls of text. Oh, oh! If if they didn't know um, how to, if they didn't know how to like edit with or like do some ASCII things where it was like let's let's like uh, organize the page in a way that's readable, it was impossible to actually there was, use. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of. Um, the really, really good ones, the well, the well organized ones, would put in like a, they would put in like a, uh, an alphanumeric code. Oh sure, so you could so like you find could like search down the page. Yeah, yeah. Well, to get even to where you wanted. If you look at some of the the guides that, um, they don't have to be that old, but like okay, so my my one of the one of the ones that is probably famous amongst anyone that's played Final Fantasy seven or eight is there's a guy on there, um. Shoot, I'm blanking on his name. It's like Steve or something, I think. Shoot, I gotta find. I Absolute cannot Steve. help you with this. His name's Absolute Steve, and he he made these guides. I'm gonna send you a link to it because it's the Final Fantasy VII guide from him. It's okay. un unreal how how much love and care went into this, and actually so much so he was trying to get a printed version of it created. Um, 
that you could buy a long time ago, but there's some copyright issues and I guess it never happened. Uh, but he did, I think he got, I want to say he, he helped create the, you know, piggyback there. They make kind of the hard bound guys that come out every now and again for a game. Now uh, I am they're not actually familiar. Okay. They're awesome. The piggyback guys are really nice. They're kind of like old versus guides, which were really highly detailed that actually had, I, I don't know. It's like the, it's like they, the, the people that just care a ton and they invest a lot of uh, their time and effort into making it great as opposed to putting um, a sword going through the main character on, on a page. And the, I think he helped write the Final Fantasy Thirteen piggyback guide. I could be totally wrong about that. Um, but the I sent you a link in Discord so you can kind of see the how how amazing the guides can actually be laid out using only text and ASCII symbols and stuff. Because hmm. it is pretty impressive. Yeah. But yeah. The Game of Thrones. Thanks. Thanks for th- thanks for making my childhood better. Yeah. Thanks for. <laughs> Thanks for everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you're owned by CBS now. I was, about to, I was about to say the day that they were bought by Game, um, uh, not GameStop, um, GameSpot, GameSpot. I was like, ugh, because they added a bunch of like weird ads and all this other crap to the website. Yeah, uh, but they kind of, I think GameSpot sort of, they did it. They did an okay job managing it in the end. Where it's, it's yeah, still they're feels... still fine. I still use that, especially for this podcast. Yeah, any I have game, referred to game FAQs on a number of occasions to get through things. Basically anything that came out like 2005 or earlier, I I almost almost guarantee there's a solid FAQ on game FAQs uh for that for that game. Newer yeah. games not so much cuz it's it's become it, well, it's probably just easier to make a YouTube video or use a wiki or something like that to to uh edit stuff in but occasionally there'll still be a guide for something specific like someone will hash out the the exact code for you know number of steps or uh items in in a game or something like that and then then they'll they'll make an faq for that and throw it on there but not so much walkthroughs as anymore right but i used it for i i hopped into one for uh the game we're going to talk about in a minute just to just to see if i was missing anything or if there's any like missable things because i wanted to know before i started and uh game faqs helped help me uh play through star tropics i deliberately and specifically went in completely blind stayed that way and did not use any save states or rewind features to have the most confusing and frustrating experience possible and i did it on purpose and we will talk about that (laughs) you are lying a little bit though What's that? You are lying just a little bit. I mean, I suppose I rewound at the end. No, 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 no. I, I mean, uh, about one particular puzzle that would have been actually impossible to solve. Okay, that's true. <laughs> we'll talk about that after a word from a sponsor. I, I have an important question for you. What's that? Are you from Americola? <laughs> oh, Star Tropics. Oh, Star Tropics. Hey, so what the hell's like... wrong with this game? I this game it's crazy because it's it's a game that was released it was made by a Japanese studio not only a Japanese studio uh the Japanese studio (laughs) it was made by Nintendo well it's really interesting because it's the R&D3 group which are the people that actually they made like super punch out and stuff but then what they're really known for is making all of the the um like the the packs like the rumble packs controller packs like they made the nintendo 64 the hardware they're they're the ones that optimize the they they made the nes and that the famicom um the chipset that runs the games like they're pretty much they're like a hardware 
uh, Nintendo's hardware, main hardware developer for through NES through the, the new Nintendo 3DS XL. But they also made Star Tropics, which was only released so in America. So they just, like, it's their, it's their hardware people, and they just set them loose and were like, yeah, you can make a game. Well, th- th- yeah, so th- this, this group made, they made Punch-Out, Super Punch-Out for the arcade. They made arm wrestling for the arcade. And then their next mm. thing was the Famicom NES Game Pack, which is what was used, you know, then for every single uh, NES game. And then... Mm. They made Mike Tyson's Punch Out, which was sort of you know the adaption of the the arcade version, and right. then they made Star Tropics. <laughs> like, so you know that kind of like that kind of checks out because now that I'm thinking about it, the the font used in Star Tropics is totally the Mike Tyson font. Oh my god! <laughs> like I would never have drawn that connection, but now that I'm seeing it, like the text boxes look like the text boxes in in uh, in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. <laughs> <laughs> which and, is a which is the weirdest thing but like it's true yes yeah, it's, it's I, so i what's 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 really interesting and i this took a little bit of digging and the only place that i found that had any information on why this was only released in america was actually on tv tropes oddly enough um that's a they, source I, so i don't right so i don't know if this is correct or not but it looks like that the 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 original game was made on the for the nes chipset for 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 that cartridge chipset which is the i i there i think it's the uh mmc6a or maybe that's the that might be the nes one or the excuse me the famicom one and then the nes one is the mmc5 chip i'm not sure but the japanese one the one in the famicom has a more powerful chip than is in the nes one so they made star tropics on the nes chipset uh but then the super nintendo was out and it was actually cheaper to just make games on the Super Nintendo. So they're like, eh, forget it. Let's not bring this to the the Famicom. Right. And I guess they just decided, you know, we've made the game. Let's just release it in America and not worry about it anymore for the Super Nintendo. Or let's not, let's not release it in, in Japan. And that's, that's the end of it. <laughs> so I can understand that up to that point. Yeah, that's, that's what I cannot understand. Like, I get that. I can see how that would have been. You know, it's always weird when you talk about games that release around the the end of a console life cycle and that little overlap period between the end of one console life cycle and the beginning of the next one. Yeah. Like weird decisions get made around that point. What I cannot understand is why they made a sequel. Why did they make a sequel? And it's a better version. In the sequel, you have eight directional movement, and you're not you're not bound to squares. Okay, so, so of... I actually we should probably just go in and start talking about the actual about the actual game because I want to actually address that. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, so like, I I would refer to Star Tropics as being almost like a linear Zelda like. Yeah, I think that's fair. You're not, there's it's, not that much exploring because you're well. There's exploring, but you're going to die for it. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, in terms of the overworld, like you're pretty much bottlenecked into like there's only a couple of places you can actually go. Yeah, I can think of one instance where you have a choice of going to like a couple separate spots. It feels like well, it feels like you have the choice, but do you actually? I'm not. But sure there's only the one right way. real way forward. Yeah. Whereas, like, aside from a couple of like item lockouts. In, like, original NES Zelda, you can more or less go to things in whatever order you want. hmm Yeah, you might need a tool or something to get through. Yeah. But, area, like, but you, you, you more or less have, like, full overworld access. 
Whereas in Star Tropics, you kind of just go around. There's like a village where you go and gather information and maybe pick up a thing or two. Yep. Um, you get a you get your localized conflict that you need to solve. And then there's like maybe one or two dungeon locations and maybe a maybe, a, a, you know, some isolated hut or something that you, where you have to go talk to somebody to solve a problem. Or it's just a joke. <laughs> or it's just a joke. It's just like. It's very it's not always super clear what you have to do, but I never looked up a guide. Yeah, no, I, I had a guide open at the. Uh, at the beginning, because I was just curious, and then I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't think I'm gonna need this." It more or less bottle. It more or less bottlenecks your options down to the point where, like, there is only there's only like one or two things you even can do. Mm-hmm. So you just go. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a broad exploration game. Like your exploration is really limited to a couple of areas, and there's only so many things you can do in those areas. So it tends to be pretty easy to just sort of brute force your way forward a hundred percent it's especially if you're if you're willing to use any kind of the the modern day conveniences it's i would say it's it's almost silly to use a a walkthrough because you can just save state or rewind time or whatever and you'll have more fun just kind of exploring yeah um yeah. And and even without it, like you're saying, it's not that big of a deal. You're not. It's not going to be like a massive setback. Right, <laughs> and, right, right. And there are a few moments where, if you're using a map or a guide, that you will miss out on because uh, that. Okay, so yeah, so the dungeon exploration is where the real gameplay is, and mm-hmm. it is kind of Zelda-like. It's got you know, you're in a box room, and there's you know, there's exits on the top, bottom, left, and right. I mean, not always, but that's those are the only the, places yeah. where your exits are. Yeah, it looks if you if you were to look at a map of the of a dungeon, it looks like a Zelda dungeon. Yep. And each screen looks like you're in a Zelda dungeon. Yep. Um, just the just the general layout and the top down perspective and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, even the way you attack. Is uh, is fairly Zelda like, except for the the movement, however. The movement is completely tile based. Right. And you you talked about this earlier and you were talking about how Star Tropics 2 isn't uh is a directional and it's not and it's not tile locked. Yeah. I actually I wouldn't say that it necessarily plays well. With I like that. it. I, I it's it's kind There's of There's something to it that's like really kind of satisfying. It's it's sort of like you're playing a little bit of a it's not quite a puzzle, but it kind of um, makes you look at rooms differently than it if does. you can just go it anywhere does. you want. And there's something sort of enjoyable about it. Or some of the, while some of them are really stupid, the rooms that have lots of the blocks on them, it's mm-hmm. it kind of creates a way for you to navigate them in your head, right? Like, because you can only do a certain set in movement. Um, right, right, right. You're you're almost like drawing grid lines in your head yeah. on every room as you go through it because you're, your, your movement is not, like, it's not pixel-based or anything. It's just like, you hit left and then you go forward a block or you go left a block. Yep. And you go up a block and then jumping, despite the fact that you can totally jump to your death. uh, (laughs) The fact that as long as you're facing in the right direction, you will jump to the block 
and you you will not miss a jump as long as you're facing towards the block you want to go to. Yeah, you might jump into a pit or to water or something like that, but you you will always complete your jump. There's no yeah any uh, any of that like any of no that uncertainty of like whoops I over or under jumped it and like missed you know slipped off the platform like that's not a thing. You right. are locked. And when you're on, so there's there's the ground squares and then there's these little like raised tile squares and the raised tile squares are the ones that you can jump on right uh and so when you're on the raised tile square you can't get off of them unless you jump with a direction right so you have to hold the direction and jump which means that you won't fall off accidentally unless you're you know unless you do some like a wrong input which sometimes feels like your fault sometimes doesn't (laughs) yeah 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 the controls are the controls are interesting like i don't think i've felt a i don't think i've played a game that feels quite like that in terms of the way that it handles directional movement and how like locked and committed all of your moves really are Mm -hmm. like like you it's it's a real commitment to move anywhere like yeah and even even to turn even to turn an attack left and right while you're standing in place yeah i was gonna gonna say there's there's some weird sliding thing that happens sometimes where you feel like you're running or you're moving uh, and then you turn to attack. And sometimes your character feels like it slides or something to like the next tile almost. Did you yeah, notice that? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't, that was a little strange, but overall I, I really enjoyed actually controlling Mike in the game. Like I had fun playing. Yeah. I, I, I liked the way the game controlled, even though it was way different than what, what, uh, what I'm used to. Yeah, I I actually kind of liked it. I, I like the the general controls of it. Like attacking feels good. Mm-hmm. Like the the I don't know, like in a weird way. There the fact that the movement is all sort of tile based makes it. it you you alluded to this before, where you were saying it's almost kind of puzzle like. I would say it's the word I would use is methodical. Mm, yeah. The movement is really, really, really methodical. Like everything is on purpose because mm-hmm. you, you really have to you really have to think about where you're going to move and make a conscious effort to be like, OK, we're going to this square, like left one square, up one square. Yeah. And I would say that the game is actually fairly well designed around that. Mm-hmm. Like the so. movement of the enemies is is equally methodical. Yeah, they don't get um, to even, do something dumb. We're not yeah, doing with even a... right down to the final boss. Yep. Like, I actually thought that the final boss fight was irritating. Sure. But I really like the design of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have benefited if, if your lives mattered. We can talk about that later. Yeah, that's uh, true. It, then then I, I think that it would have made a big difference because the, the actual room of the final boss was cool. Cause, so it's, it's, it's neat when the enemies suffer from the same movement penalties that you're suffering from yes. and you can you have to play around that and i think yeah, that's they cool have the same limitations and you basically just have to use you use their limitations to your advantage the same way they've been doing to you yeah and that's i like that like i i, I actually thought that was awesome um and what's really weird for me while playing this game is that i played this game with with my my good friend matt when on the nes back in when it came out and i could have sworn we beat it my entire life, I have this memory of me beating the game with him. Mm-hmm. Having played through it now, I don't think I don't know if I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Like, I think I blanked out. I don't know. I have no idea why I have memories of beating the game, but I don't remember, like... Because you hit stuff in, like, 7 and 8, and you're like, I feel like I would have remembered this, but I do not remember this. Yeah. I didn't even remember the piano when I got there. I was like, I don't remember this piano, and this feels like something I would freaking remember. So I don't know if I if we if maybe, you were playing know, it with a friend, the... were you like trading the controller back and forth? Yes. Or well, so I had this. I had like an old Nintendo Power that had like a, a map guide and stuff. It mm-hmm. was like one of those guidebooks that had like eleven other games in it or something. Um, and so I was using the guide, and he was playing, or I was playing, and he was using the guide. It was just sort of like being excited while we were both playing, and I don't know. But uh, yeah, because it's not a two player game. It was, it's right. definitely a single player game, but we were just. Playing so it it's possible that your memories of the parts that you were the controller was like handed off. Maybe you went yeah. to like get a snack or something and it's totally, <laughs> but it's there. There are some moments, though, where it's hard later on. <laughs> like It's a hard game. It's like once you get to ma- especially seven, once you're in the. The, yeah. the spaceship like mm-hmm. that's a really hard level and i yep. i have a very strong memory of being in that level but mm-hmm. i don't remember the walker boss that you kill like like uh uh oh god what's his name from metroid that you that you burn where you, you push him into a cliff oh yeah 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 the one uh, that's the one that's like crocomire yeah crocomire thank you yeah um i don't remember that boss at all but i remember being on the world seven it's just weird to have memories that it's it it also just shows you how fallible memory is <laughs> yep. yep 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 um but yeah it's it's it was really exciting for me to go back to play because like oh god i remember all this stuff this is neat oh yeah i remember doing this and then it's like i don't what <laughs> this this is in this game <laughs> yeah no i definitely like my memories of this game from playing it in the past are basically like ha ha submarine (laughs) yeah i have a boat and there's some islands right right yeah you're on and you fight with a yo-yo and there's a lady that wants to roast a pig in your honor (laughs) i did not remember that no i just i just mean that 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 i just uh wanted to reference the fact that it's another game that we've now played where killing a pig is is a is a main story just just a thing you do it's just a thing you do it's funny because in the manual of of star tropics it has like a nice art um like a kind of like a mock-up of what the first village looks like coral cola mm-hmm. and it's got the pig just sitting there <laughs> i suppose we didn't actually explain that earlier because we we made jokes about cola um oh, true i guess they decided it would be a fun little translation thing to name every single location in the game something cola so we have coral cola and we have radicola and we have what's your favorite one i i i know what it is <laughs> or maybe it's not your favorite but it's the one that caused you uh the most pain <laughs> was it uh wasn't it like how do you do cola <laughs> yeah, it was how you how you do cola how, or how do you do and it was like it was it Rob was like Caruso not cola. even spelled out it was just like it was oh, like well. the word ha- it was like all one word it was like yeah. h-o-w how yep. and then like d-u-y-a-d-u <laughs> like how do you do 
cola. Oh and I was just like, you're not even trying anymore. <laughs> well, tuna cola. Because it's like the islands are all named cola and then they're shaped like something. So they threw it on there. I don't know. I It's yeah. I was worried that they were going to go harder into like lol lol rural island villager indigenous peace people racism <laughs> and they didn't go as hard into that as i was afraid they were going to so that was a relief <laughs> yeah that's well especially when you're streaming and you're kind of like um <laughs> yep where is this game i don't actually know is going I, yeah i don't know where this is going <laughs> well and but yeah it was it was like, all right it just seems like like the cola thing seemed like just they were trying to make it like a weird, uh, just sort of like a weird like speech pattern thing, almost like an accent. Yeah, it's just that they named all their towns cola. Yeah, but sometimes they said radicola, which oh no, they said are you from radicola? Yeah, so every single villager thing was just no, named no, something no. Cola. In the, at the end of the game, dude says you rescued Doctor J. That's radicola. Oh, that's right. You're right. So they did in fact use it as a pun. Yeah. Implying that they do know the use of the word radical. Well, true. And the, and the one guy that was dead in the hut was Robinson Crusoe Cola. It's completely inconsistent. Yeah, like, it's, it's a like 90s sometimes game they was... use it for locations. Sometimes they use it for people. Sometimes they use it just as a pun. It's, I mean, it's almost like it wasn't well thought out. It's almost like. One of the, the main plot devices is putting bananas in your ears. Yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta you put the bananas in your ears to stop the to stop the mind worm. Because the, the, they're going to take control of your head. So you, you just you just you just stuff them right in there. This is never discussed. No, this is this is never this is ne like. The fact that they have like actual mind control powers is never is never discussed before or after this moment. They don't you don't see them do it to any of the people. I think Mike just wanted to put bananas in his ears. He I, even I, peeled them. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So maybe so they mush in there because I mean, how are you going to put a banana in ear that's unpeeled? Let's be realistic here. Let's be realistic. <laughs> This is a 15 year old ace pitcher that is taken over the, that's going to save his uncle. What's his name? Something Jones, Steve Jones. I Dr. don't, I, Dr. J man, doctor. I think it's, I, is it Steve? God, I have to know. No. Oh yeah. Uncle Steve, uncle Steve, okay. doctor, doctor, uncle Steve Jones, <laughs> doctor, doctor, Mr. Uncle Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah, in the so uh, so noted JRPG protagonist Mike Jones <laughs> goes the, through the, like the absolutely super American. <laughs> I mean, it was weird, but I got some fun out of it. Like they they you got to give them this. They committed to the bit. They did. Like it started out as like, oh, find your uncle. He's missing on this tropical island. And then like it took them like all of five or six chapters to go to like, by the way, aliens. Well, to actually technically the first guy you talk to alludes to it, but you don't think that that's what they mean because he says something about don't be too upset. Your un uncle, Dr. Jones, has been abducted. And you're like, OK, 
can, you have to help him, right? That's what the very first chief of Coral Colas tells you that he's been abducted, but you're not thinking aliens because that's insane. Right you're, right. you're just thinking he's been kidnapped and it's a weird translation. Yeah, abducted just means kidnapped, but it does imply aliens very strongly. Well, right, right. If, 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 if there wasn't a possibility of translation things, you would be like, oh, this is about aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. They, so they, like, they drop if right there in was there. A, that... If there was a Japanese translation of it, it would probably be like, they, they would probably say he was like spirited away. Right. Or something like that. True, true. In which case, like, it could be like mystical powers or it could be kidnapping or it could be aliens. Like, because that, that is just something that applies to whatever. Mm -hmm. But it does, but it does sort of imply like some sort of mysticism or, or unusual powers. Yeah. Well, and, and so what do you think? I'm mean, like, what is the obvious weapon choice for someone who's 15 and an ace pitcher? You know what the weird thing is? Like, the weapon that you use is a yo-yo. But baseballs are in the game and they suck. <laughs> they suck a lot. So you get them, bats. like, once and they don't do anything. <laughs> like, they're just a random throwing weapon and they're not strong. Yeah, I don't get it. I also don't understand why they changed yo-yo to star when in the original game it was called yo-yo. I, mm-hmm. Because I know that there was some weird lawsuit issue where the company that, like, made the original yo-yo wanted to copyright the name, but I don't think it worked out. So it's not even, like, some copyright thing where they can't use the term yo-yo. I mean, may, like, you know how Nintendo of America was at the time. Maybe they just wanted to avoid any potential problem and just yeah. called it. Because, like... Eventually, you upgrade it and it becomes the Morning Star. Yeah, it's the Shooting Star. Morning, but star. they call it the Shooting Star, even though it's a flail. <laughs> it's now you're a 15 year old <laughs> wielding a flail. I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> I love this game. I actually had a good time with this game. Like, I think it's fitting, and I said this during the stream. It's fitting that I played this immediately after I want to be the guy. Yeah. Because they are equally mean for the same reasons. D yeah, dude. Which dude, is Star wild. Star Tropics has like dark soul elements to it. Like just straight up uh, a, pr a treasure in a room. And you're like, um, I'm not going anywhere near that because I guarantee it's going to kill me. Yeah. No, it, it like that game breaks your trust by chapter three. The first, no, the second dungeon you're exploring and you're like, oh, cool, I found a secret room. And then you're like, holy crap, there's another secret room. And then you're like, wow, this breaks into another room and you jump into that and you die. You, you just instantly instant die. die. It's I'm pretty sure that's like the second dungeon. Like you don't you can't even stop it by entering the room. You jump into a pit and die. Hell, it might be the first dungeon. Is it the I think first it's the first dun dungeon? It's the, it's the first dungeon. It's the first dungeon. The, f the first Which dungeon of the game. Which wouldn't be so bad, except that, like, it couldn't, like, if Pits just did, like, one heart of damage, I'd be like, oh, man, that what what the hell? But oh, no, yeah, like it's an instant kill that sets you back to the beginning of the dungeon. Yeah, to the last checkpoint. And you lose all of your progress, including the items that you got from the previous uh, hidden rooms. Right, yeah, you have to redo the whole thing. It's like it's like you hadn't explored at all. Yeah. 
it's even though you haven't technically gamed over yet because you have so you have three lives uh and then once those are gone you have to reset and the reason that's important is that some dungeons are long enough that they have checkpoints and that if you have lives left you'll respawn at a checkpoint rather than the beginning of the dungeon there is Correct. no permanent yes. game over so that's nice you can try as many times as you need to and if you're not using rewind time and stuff you will be using that a lot <laughs> if this game had permanent game overs it would be a significantly worse game with the way oh, that yeah. it's designed it actually wouldn't be fun I, like it, I would, it would actually it would, be a bad game i think it would have to go into the this is a horrible game category yeah um never again right but the fact that it's the the infinite lives makes it totally totally beatable <laughs> yeah it's it makes it so that like so the game punishes you for no reason yeah repeatedly and it sets the tone in that first dungeon and that is like if i were to apply one word to star tropics if it was like you know like funny or whimsical or or like <laughs> or i i used methodical earlier um the word the single word that i will remember to attach to star tropics in the future is mean yeah this is game mean. is mean <laughs> it is it hates it's, you and it wants you to die and it will make sure that you do whether it's your fault or not. It's so rude. Like, so there's one dungeon and it's only in one instance of, it's only in like one spot where suddenly random giant uh, pikes come flying out of the wall to impale you. Oh, yeah, and yeah. There's no, there's nothing to indicate this happens. It just nope. looks like a normal wall. You walk forward, you get hit with a spike. You're like, mm -hmm. oh my God. And you stand there and it just keeps throwing them at you. It doesn't care. Yeah, um, it's not even just once. And then you walk forward and it hits you again. You're like, oh, I'm supposed to run through this room. So you get through the room. You're like, okay, I made it through this room. You get into the next room and there's one of those, those like jumpy blocks and the jumpy blocks cause you to stop for a second. So you right. get to that jump and you're like, God, and then another spike comes flying out of the wall and you're, mm -hmm. it's, it's the game, the game trolls you so hard. I, I didn't know. I did not know this level of trolling was in an NES game on purpose. It's not like, this is not NES hard in the sense that it's a hard video game. This is. <laughs> it's it's a completely different level from like Medusa heads knocking you in a pit because of right. knockback. Right, because like, that's that's NES. That, I, I classify that as like that NES hard kind of. Yes. You have to be very precise. You have to be. You have to know where you're attacking. You can't miss the Medusa head. Like you, you, you know what I mean. Where uh, it's like it's it's like you make a mistake by getting hit, and the punishment is potentially really severe because of the way it's designed. Because of like knockback and instant death pits. Like yeah. that's, that's what I think of when I think NES hard. Exactly. It's just yeah. like major, like potential for major punishment, major setbacks for minor mistakes. Yep. Yeah. Single this mistake is, could ruin the this run. This is major punishment for not actually making a mistake. <laughs> this is major punishment for just exploring. Yeah. For picking up an item. <laughs> yeah. The game, the game punishes you for exploring. <laughs> there's my favorite one of my favorite instances is in the uh i think it's the second dungeon maybe it's no it's the first time that you're in a lava dungeon wherever mm. that is so it's like the third or fourth yeah, Magma, I think like the magma's third. tunnel so as you're saying before there's the the raised blocks that you jump to and you can by default you can jump one space so it's like block then like lava or water or a pit or whatever, and yep. then another block, and you can jump between those. Right. Uh, and there's one where it's like, hey, choose left or right side. And <laughs> while I watched you do this part, you were streaming, and you're like, oh, you go down the left side, and you're just jumping along, 
And at the screen transition, you can see a block that you can jump to. It's clearly 100% at the screen transition. When you jump to the next screen, that block disappears. It's gone. You fall into lava. Yep. <laughs> for, for no other reason that you pick to go left. Yep. Yeah, the game will, like, it's... that happened to me, that happened to me several times. Well, then that'll show you the bottom, of, like, <laughs> on a screen transition, it'll show you the bottom of a block that does not exist. Or, or, so later on, there's blocks that, you know, have, like, a pattern where they are either disappearing constantly or when you touch them for, like, a quarter of a second, then they disappear, so you have to jump off them immediately. And sometimes yeah. you'll go you have, into like, a room. five frames. Yeah, sometimes you'll go into a room, land on one of those blocks, and then it'll just disappear. And you're like, great, thanks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, my yep. God. Yep. This game hates you so much. It's really, it's really awful. It's truly, it's truly a, a Souls game before Souls games. It's, and yet, like, maybe because of my disposition with video games, mm -hmm. like, I, I... You know, I sort of was like, all right, I'm taking this personally. Right, yeah. And then it became a challenge like, no game, you won't break me. <laughs> and that's part of the reason, like, so I, it wasn't like a conscious decision that I made to go in and not use save states or rewinds when yeah. I started playing. It was a decision that I made after getting trolled the first couple of times. Yeah, and, you're and like, I was right. like, oh, this game is like this. Right, yeah. And that, like, so that means that, like, if I'm able to just undo a troll like that by rewinding or, or saving state or whatever, if I'm able to just undo the damage that it's doing to me, then I'm not really having the the true Star Tropics experience. You're, you're, not, even, you're, you're not even experiencing the game at that point because... Uh, most of the dungeons are designed around dumb stuff like that. Yeah. It's not even dumb. It's just the, the idea of trolling you. Like, there's one room where Trial there's and a bunch error. of... Right, yeah. There's one room where there's a bunch of pits. You can't see the pits. And you think that you can walk around the pits, but actually you're supposed to use, like, a hidden wall to get through and get then find another hidden wall to get through. It's all these kinds of really... One of the things that irritates me the most about that is that there are... There are parts of the game where it goes out of its way to show you where a hidden wall is. Yeah. And and there's like a marking on like on the floor next to it to show you like, hey, this is like a hidden pathway. And mm -hmm. then they just do away with those. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's one dungeon that's just entirely designed around hidden walls that you can't see. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the they start out showing you that like, hey, hidden walls are a thing and they're marked with this kind of like like, like almost it's like, like a, a shadow almost. yeah yeah it's like like a like a almost like a handful of dirt on the ground kind of in front of it but yeah, it's not really a handful, like, it's like, like it's been tunneled yeah 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 yeah. it's like light coloration on the ground in front of it uh but then then you get to the, towards the end and one of the dungeons <laughs> you start you walk forward like you do in every other dungeon and you get to an empty well you like a room with some like enemies and stuff then you go up again there's nothing in any of these rooms you're like where am i supposed to go and then you realize there's like a ton of false walls to the right, but none of them lead you anywhere. They just lead you to a room where you're locked in the square that you came through for the false wall. But you notice that there's a whole nother open room and you're like, oh my God, there's another way to get in here from another false wall. And at the beginning of the dungeon, you're supposed to walk to the right mm -hmm. into a false wall that then takes you to the room that you're supposed to go to eventually. And which is this, again, this... not marked. 
Right, you have no idea that this is that it's going on. Now, the game does hint at it, because, like I said, it, it, it does, if you end up walking through the one set of false walls, it does show you that there's a room over there. You're like, oh, how do I get there, right? So y your mind's curious about what to do next. It kind of gives you a little bit of, a tiniest bit of a hint. But there are times later on where you have just no idea. You're just got to walk into every wall. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and that's what the that's what my end game experience was like is maybe I just have to walk into every wall and hope that I slip through one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all you can hope for. And like that ain't fun. No. Well, and like the I the one that sticks out to me and this one is not actually uh this one is actually my fault, but like in terms of like trolley exploration, yeah. The uh the graveyard dungeon I was going to mention the graveyard dungeon kept you kept you locked up for a long time because the graveyard dungeon is it's false exit dungeon. It is a false exit dungeon and it's a false exit dungeon where once you get locked into the false exit room, you can't leave. Hey, hey, you remember those stairs that you said you wanted to go up? Do you, yeah. do you remember while you were streaming? You're like, hey, there's stairs there. I want to see where they lead me. Yeah. Uh, and then you never did it. Yeah. Be glad you didn't. Is it a false exit? It's a it's a goddamn false exit. Awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, in my defense, that was back in that was back in the days where I thought exploration was good. Yeah, that was that was prior uh, to to realizing that no, every dungeon is trolling you because because that false exit with the stairs is actually right at the end of the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like two. It's like two squares away from exiting, or two two tiles or rooms away from exiting. Yeah, the dungeon. it's like one. It's one screen. It's it's if you go left instead of up, you you see the stairs and you're like, oh, cool stairs, and you're like, oh, <laughs> funny, funny. It's like, game. oh, did you did you want to do all of that again? But but so that first false exit is in a dungeon that's relatively short because it's just the one where you're killing the flying monkeys. Then you never see them again. That's true. Um, God, that's right. Yeah, I completely forgot about those. Yep. Uh, Although, you know, once you get to robots, you kind of forget about what everything else was. Yeah, except for <laughs> hold on a minute. There was one enemy that I wanted to remember in the guide because the or not the guide, the instruction manual has like some of the names of them and then it tells you like a little bit about them. Um, and there was one that I liked a lot because it was super silly. Where was All it? All right. Uh, <laughs> they just, the ghost, they just call them the ghost with the most. There's just some funny ones. I can't find the one that I like though. Shoot. It doesn't really matter, but it, the, the, the enemy, there's a ton of enemies in this game. And a lot of times they're just not used once that dungeon is over, which I think is cool. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of like. I guess you can look at it like they they do actually design a lot of unique enemies and a lot of unique content for each area mm -hmm. to make them all feel like different. Yeah. Um, I mean, they really do feel different from dungeon to dungeon. It doesn't feel like you're running the same dungeon every time. Now, right, maybe within yeah. that chapter, there's there's some similarities, obviously. But when you go, especially when you like the jump to chapter four is the craziest chapter because you've just had chapter three, which was admittedly a total nightmare. Oh, chapter three also has this crazy, uh, that's the one that has the, the skull and exit, doesn't it? Where you're supposed to jump on that tile a bunch of times to make water come out. Yeah. But in fairness, they do actually tell you earlier that that's a thing. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's true. It's just sort of the, it's, it's interesting for a game that's, um, so unfair but then there's some things that are very fair. <laughs> 
like yeah. the bosses at the end of some of the dungeons are very easy to kill. Like you're, yeah. you probably won't die your first time encountering them. Which yeah, is there were there were nice. several that I that I took out fairly quickly. They don't even do that much damage. That's what I mean. They're, they're only doing like then. So some you you didn't get hit by the Moai statue later on, but that one shots you if you get hit by it. it it's oh, hard to it? get hit by it. Okay, but I was just curious how much damage it did, so I tested it out. Um, but the like the 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 one with all those false exits, you fight a big ghost, and that ghost you you you'll kill it almost guaranteed your first try unless you come in with a ton of low life. Yeah. Um, it's basically just about, like, make sure you use the right item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, aside from that, it's pretty much just, yeah, go. You got it. I like I like that they did that, that they... they, they so it's it's not pure evil. <laughs> in, it it in, will uh, let off the gas once in a while. Yeah. And I remember uh, going through a couple of sequences where it's like, oh, they haven't really... They haven't really trolled me super hard in a while. <laughs> but <clears throat> they, it always comes back around. And, you know, speaking of items, we didn't really talk about that. So the, you uh, you start with the yo-yo, which we did mention. And then in each dungeon, you can find some, like, auxiliary items. Yeah, sub-weapons. That, yeah, sub-weapons, yeah. So there's, like, the baseball bat, the bola, the 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 baseball. Those three are sort of whatever. Um, They're mostly garbage. Yeah, the, 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 like, the you get a fire in one stage, nah, a slingshot. These special weapons kind of suck. The the weapons that you or the things that you care about are the uh, the special weapons, the magical um, items. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like like the magic mirror is actually really useful because you can deflect uh, wizard robes attacks back at them or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> They're wizard robes. Don't even don't or even give the game the, the benefit spike of the shoes, doubt. which makes Mike fly around the room kicking everything. Those are rad, and they're cleats, obviously. Yeah, but they're obviously like all of the like almost all of the items are sports related because you know that's I just I just want to show power you, is being an athlete. I'm I'm going to show you an image, and I want you to tell me if you've ever seen cleats with spikes this big before. <laughs> they're terrifying. Okay, yeah, no spikes aren't supposed to be like that. Those are like six inch spikes on the bottom of his feet. Yeah, no, they, they like those are those are banned from baseball. <laughs> this is some like cyberpunk. I think metal cleats world. in general are banned from baseball. Wait, what'd you say? I think metal cleats in general are banned from like professional baseball. Oh, probably. I could see people being, uh, or something dumb happening. Yeah, injuries. Injuries happen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, like that. Not like that. That's not. And then- then you get throwing stars, which are actually really neat because you throw it the one time, then you press it again and they split. So that's like the only sub weapon in the game that yep. I think is proper, like has an actual area of the game properly designed around it. Dude, you were so mad at that dungeon at first. Like I were... was trying to really do it the hard way. I know because I, I, I didn't want to say anything um, because it would have ruined the experience because you're like, I'm so sick of this game. Like, what are they thinking? <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, when he figures it out, he's going to be like, oh, that's what they're thinking. <laughs> yep. And then it was really cool after that. Yeah. Because there's yeah, a whole we'll... thing where, like, you throw it out in front of you and then it splits off into a T-shape. But you have to hit the button again to do that. Yep. And I did that accidentally because I was trying to mash the throw. Right. And once I saw it do that, I was like, oh, because everything in that room is split out to like it's like a bunch it's of like groups of two enemies yeah. that are off on like the left and right in every direction. It's it's such the, so it's it's really weird 
the, as as truly as the game is, it has some awesome design in it sometimes. It does. It does. Uh, like even I I recognized in like the very first dungeon, yep. it's putting it's putting some of those jump squares that you sort of lock jump to. Like you can jump up to two tiles away. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if it's over a gap. But the game will automatically lock you to whichever tile is closest. Mm-hmm. So if they're like, if you're on just a line of tiles, you don't automatically jump two tiles. You'll jump one tile if there's a tile that's one. If, if there's a block that's one tile in front of you, right? Yeah, you all no matter if there's a basically you'll always jump to the tile that's closest. Right. So in the first dungeon of the game, there is a path where you have to jump along blocks, and it's like. It's like two together and then two apart and then two together and then two apart yeah. so that you can see very clearly that you are jumping one tile, then two tiles, then one tile, then two tiles, then one tile. And you're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then it'll and then it puts like three together and then you jump like one, one. And by the time you're at the end of that sequence, it's like, OK, I understand now. If there's a tile that's one, if there's a block that's one tile in front of me, I'll jump to that one. Mm-hmm. If there's a gap and then a block, I will jump over the gap. Like I can jump one or two spaces, but I will always default to whichever one's closer. Yeah. And, I, and I the game doesn't when... like have a text box that tells you that it's just a really good design showing you exactly how that jump mechanic works. Yeah. The, the game completely functions on show. Don't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's my fa- my favorite room, and I think you you it was your favorite room. Well, not your favorite, but it was one that you were like, "Wow, I really love that." So there's there's some rooms that are totally dark, and when you enter the room, you can kind of they're lit up for a second, then you're like, "Okay, here's where I have to go." Right. But there's one where you're entering it from a dark room to a dark room, and you're yeah, like, "Oh no god, way. what do I do?" And you're at first you're sort of like, "This is stupid," and then you're like, "Oh wait a minute, look at the enemies, they're trapped too," and then you can kind of see where you're supposed to go based on the enemy movement. And I thought that was so neat. Like, I yeah, don't know because why I like the, it's so the much, snake enemies that travel in a straight line towards you. Yep. And then there's the guys jumping on the platforms and the top part of that screen. So it was it was it was utilizing yeah, two so different enemy movements to give you a layout of the map while it's completely invisible. I was like, man, that's neat. Right. So if you're thinking about it, you see the snakes and it's like you get in front of them and then they they stop either like one or two, uh, like like two or three uh, tiles before you. Yeah. And there's four separate paths, each marked by a snake. And you yep. can kind of walk on like a, a route in a, a route in front of them to like bait them all into into coming after you. But then they stop and there's one that stops closer than the others. And it's like, oh, OK, I got it. That's I can jump to there. I can make that jump because he's like two tiles away instead of three. Yeah. And then the rest of them are all like one tile apart from each other. So I can jump to this one. And then jump up and down between like it's it's really, really smart. And like when you figure that out, it feels great. It does because you're like, oh, wow. Hey, oh, that's a cool design. <laughs> yeah. But there are just there's just so many things in that game that are just. Trial and error, lol, get wrecked. Yep. And I mean, that's 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 the that's that's why you like the game, right? That's what. The the game feels pretty good to play most of the time, and there's some moments where you 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 figure out whatever the 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 puzzle is, or you figure out the trap, and you're sort of like, man, why do I like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what what is making me want to keep playing this? I, my the thing that stuck in my mind the most was the 
cave in five, I want to say, or the dungeon in five with the bowling balls. Mm. Like that dungeon I thought was so trolly because it, it, it starts you off on uh, uh, looking at like you, you enter a room that has these blocks on it and you, and you know, and it's only like, I don't know, there's like 15 blocks and kind of like a, a question mark pattern on the ground that goes from one door to the other door. And you're like, I am so terrified right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like a single path and you just kind of have to like hop, 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 hop. The yeah, and the first time from, from like right to left. Yep, and the and you and you you know you can jump to the top and the bottom right as the entrance yep. starts to single squares that make hearts appear on the bottom left. And you're like, what is happening? And so you're just hopping along, and all of a sudden they start blowing up, like the the blocks start disappearing. Yeah, like, you, oh like, god, you know, like by that point you've seen enough of the game where like you know, you know it's something, but like you don't know it, what it is, but you know something's coming. I mean, this is this was clearly the Indiana Jones dungeon because this is the one that had the big the spears that appear out of nothing yep. the bowling balls later mm-hmm. on like a big boulder um and then there's a room <laughs> there's another room where the entire screen is filled with jumpable blocks and you're just like oh crap yep and then they just start kind of disappearing uh in a pattern around the room and you you have to just figure out which block has the the foot thingy that you need to step on to open up the door which my die. initial thought was like, okay, I just need to stay safe because the, the blocks <laughs> are falling way faster me than too. I can like get around them. So let me just, you know, let me just hop around and kind of stick to the safe spots and see what they're going to do. And then it kills the blocks at the entrance and exit and then oh, drops yeah. all the rest of them. There's, there is no, so it's literally a timer, right? Cause the door closes behind you. You're dead. If yeah. you don't find the block, you're just dead. Yeah. Uh, and then the room right after that is a bowling ball, which this is the most trolly shit ever. So you get out of that room, the door opens, there's a bowling ball right in front of you with more than enough time for you to go up or down into the, the nooks. What the, what the game... So we said there was checkpoints in dungeons. You have no idea yeah. when you've hit a checkpoint. It's just like... A it's marker. very arbitrary. Like right. a lot of times it's after a mini boss, but sometimes it's just whenever they feel like it. Right. So once you get to that bowling ball area, you've hit a checkpoint. Now, if yep. you die after that bowling ball, like in one of the later rooms, you respawn in that hallway and there's a ball immediately rolling into your face that will one hit kill you if you don't hit up or down. And like the first time you died, the ball rolled right into your face. And I was like, oh, God, that's what and happened. And then to I me. game over it and lost the checkpoint. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened to me. And I was like, oh, I'm so happy that it happened to you, too. <laughs> Because, like, again, like you said, you don't know that's a checkpoint until you respawn there. And usually and the after you die. That it's a checkpoint in a spot where you'll die if you don't move in, a, in the right direction in less than a second is why would there be a checkpoint there? And remember, when you die in this game, it's usually not because of an enemy that killed you. It's usually because you jumped into a pit because the game trolled you completely yeah, or something like that happened. So you're in, like, a state of, like... Are you, are you freaking serious? So instant, you're, all, you're instant deaths are way more common than like life loss deaths. Yeah, well, especially once you get used to the game. Yeah, uh, and and so you know usually when that happens, you tend to take your hand off the controller for a second. Like one of your hands, like oh my god, seriously, and then you look back and you're like, oh good, I died again because a bowling ball rolled into me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> You you have to be ready to die when you play this game and lose progress. But even still, how, how many hours do you think it took you to play through the entirety of Star Tropics your first time through? No maps, no guides, and no modern features of rewinding time and save states. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I have a fairly I have a fairly strong estimate for this because I it actually is stream time. 
Yes. Um, I it's almost exactly ten hours. Yeah. So that's that's not bad. No, not really. It's like for, when you think you about know, it for backtracking, for dying a bunch, for getting well, and, lost, and some fun stream moments where you're like, "All right, I'm out." <laughs> oh yeah, there were there were a couple of moments where I just decided to just bail. <laughs> some, some, it's, some, it's the usual gag where like something is like, "Okay, that's the last straw," and then I just like send it to away or like I need yeah. a moment to regather myself <laughs> the best the best moments for me though are when, when something kills you randomly and you just kind of throw your hands up like are you what like because ah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's that's that's the best part about streaming uh i think in general is is those are the moments that if you were playing them with friends on the couch that you'd all laugh and talk about together right and yeah, you get to yeah. share that when you're streaming and that's that's the uh, it was really fun to watch you play through it after I had uh, played through some parts of it, um, because then it was like getting to share with my reaction, like vicariously yeah, yeah, through yeah. you, and so that was that was really enjoyable. Yeah, that that vicarious feeling of like that that vicarious feeling of of getting to uh, like waiting for the moment. Yeah, where like, oh man, I know what happens here. I wonder what's gonna. I wonder what's gonna happen to. I wonder what's gonna happen to him. Is he gonna react the same way that I did? I, just to put how much this game trolls you into perspective, you beat the you beat the final boss. You exit the dungeon. It saves, tells you you've done a great job, which is what they've done throughout the whole game. So you're like, oh god, am I actually done with the game yet? It then tells you to get to the exit, as it's also saying you better move faster. The ship's gonna explode. So you're like am I going to die? Like, am I doing something wrong? Do I need to find a, a different exit? But then you're like, okay, they never did this kind of stuff in the overworld. You're probably fine. Um, but the, the final, like one of the final scenes of the game is you drowning in the ocean. And then it just does the game over sound and fades it to black. It sure does. And you're like, are you serious? It sure does. And then a dolphin saves you. So everything's fine. But like the, the game, it's not, this is you all beat very, the final boss and it's essentially over, but it puts the fear of death in you for like the first five minutes of the ending. <laughs> because just of how much the whole game has been about trolling you nonstop. <laughs> they even they even troll you within the same dungeon. So I mentioned there is a blue bowling ball, which is pretty slow and gives you lots of time. You encounter a green bowling ball, which is a little faster and doesn't... Uh, and and then lastly, you encounter a red bowling ball, which is much faster, and it doesn't go out of the screen. So the blue one will roll out of the screen transition to give you a lot of time to get to, like, the next nook you're supposed to hide in, whereas the red one stops at the edge of the screen. And you're like, oh, God. So if you don't give it a second to, like, if you try to rush it, you might kill yourself. Yeah. It's, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very. I've never hated a game that I've liked this much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because I, I really like Star Tropics. It's actually one of it's it, it's it's not just nostalgia because I'm not even sure if I beat it anymore. Um, it's it's actually just I enjoyed playing it in the music, dude. Some of the music, the music's great. So good. The music is great. It's hard not to just like hum it to yourself. Like I want to hum it right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because they they reuse that that dungeon music for most of the game. And you would think yeah. that it would get grading, but like it's re it's a good bop. So yeah. I don't I, I'm, I'm not mad at it at all. And and so we've been talking about the game trolls you and it's really hard. And then it gives you right in the middle of the game in chapter four a really chill chapter. Like this is the you. you yeah, there's you like roll no up. dungeons in that chapter. Nope. You just you you uh, talk to someone that's like, hey, go to the right. Someone with a 
someone like you is over there. And so you start going that way, then a whale eats you yep. and you're inside a belly of a whale, but it's all in the overworld sprite design, which means there's no enemies and you're just sort of exploring around a little bit of a maze and you know, you, then the whale spits you back out. And this is where the notorious, the famous scene where someone says, Hey, use the, your, your, your uncle sent you a letter a couple of days ago. Make sure you read it or something like that, or put, uh, Oh yeah, like, we put, almost went through this whole podcast without talking about this. It tells you to put water on it, right? In that moment. And and so what it was is in the original release of Star Tropics, you know, you open up the, the box, there's a game inside, there's the manual, there's all that like that white thing that talks about what Nintendo is and then some maybe an ad, but there's also a a very like a thick piece of parchment paper and it can and it has a letter on it. The letters it's when you first open it up, it has just, you know, normal text. It says something about how your your uncle's contacting you, telling you that um, he's sorry he didn't write to you sooner. He was very pleased to find your letter upon his return because you wrote him something. Um, he's saying it's a great idea for you to come visit him. It's basically just kind of like a little bit of an introduction. It seems like it's just kind of like an introduction to the game. It's like an extra piece of game, something that you're getting in the box. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom half of the letter is empty. It's blank. And this person in the game after chapter four tells you to get it wet. Mm -hmm. And the, the parchment paper is actually... Uh, uh, my uh, my understanding is that you can actually get it wet and it will be and it will dry and it'll be fine but when you get the parchment paper wet it's it has a piece uh, like some some text appears and it says that he found a strange cipher and and maybe you you should get my frequency and the frequency is 747 and you need this number to continue the game it's impossible to can yep. not you know you you have to have it it now, is you can straight it up metal force. gear solid check the back of the package for yeah merrill's codec number exactly it's, and it's the same thing, but done like 10 years earlier. And even more insane in some ways. <laughs> like, like get this paper, like dunk yeah, it in Yeah, like water. potentially do damage to, like, don't even just look at the instructions or the package or whatever. It is literally like potentially damage the instruction manual. Yeah, like, like I wouldn't have wanted to dunk my, 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 my extra piece of uh, paper in, in the, in the, uh, in in the box with water. Like, no, I would I would have like I would have been very very resistant to doing that because I had that the that Nintendo Power Guide, so it you know it it told you, and I didn't we I never had to worry about that. But I just love that's the best. It's like the the most evil way of trying to get people not to rent your video game I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. Um. I do. I was when I was looking up some stuff about the game. There was a couple of people that were talking about how they were as kids. They, um, you know, they couldn't figure it out because they had rented the game. And someone right. was like, "Yeah, and, my." And of course, like to put this, uh, to put this oh. in perspective, like if you've if you rent the game, you probably didn't get the instruction manual in it because that shit usually disappears. Well, and you most certainly because remember, this is not actually part of the instruction manual. This is a separate piece of paper, completely separate from the manual. Right. It's, right. So almost a hundred percent guaranteed you're not going to get that even if you got the instruction manual like um so but someone was talking about how their dad had brute forced the the code for them while they were sleeping so they woke up with it and so the they they said that they made like some sticky notes and stuck it in the rental copy and then like put them in the other rental copies at their store of the game <laughs> And that made me so happy. It was like somebody doing a game FAQs before game FAQs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's 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 the kind of game Star Tropics is. It 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 trolls you with the instruction manual or well, yeah. the instruction like booklets. Yep. 
I don't know. I think the I, the, the the spike in difficulty from the spaceship because it's it's really weird. So the, all the previous dungeons up to the up to when you get to the alien spaceship are mostly about exploration and kind of figuring things out. Once you get to the spaceship, it's about running as fast as you can to get away from aliens. It's kind of a strange yeah. It's a strange change because there's not there's not really puzzles and stuff anymore. It's it's really just like, God, get away from the screen as fast as possible. Yeah, there is a lot of that. Right? Like, and cool, because some of the enemies just continuously respawn, like the ones on those weird bikes. The, 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 the they like come out of the, like the side, the screen transition sometimes. It's only in the first part of section seven. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the spaceship part of the game is where, where it really cranks up the. I would say they crank, it cranks up the difficulty and it cranks down the trolling yeah yeah there's not as much there's actually yeah there's really no trolling i mean the the things that i would the things that i would refer to as like unfair trolling in these in the seventh and eighth section are just like seemingly unfair difficulty spikes yeah also seven and eight introduced breakable walls Yeah, there's a lot of breakable walls. Actually, I'm I'm looking at a map right now, and maybe they were in earlier dungeons, but I didn't. I don't remember finding any. But seven and eight, there's quite a few walls that can be broken. You can also pick up guns too, which is fun. And now, now instead of like a yo-yo, you're yeah. blasting things with a gun. And, and you have to yet, find mom like boxes. once you get to that point, because you can actually upgrade the you upgrade the yo-yo into the like Nova Star or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, you get the you get the shooting star, then the super ultra Nova Star or whatever. Which is actually way stronger than gun. It's super but it's, so, but it's life dependent. So yeah, you you have a life total. We didn't even talk about this actually. You have a life total that's reminiscent to Zelda at the bottom of the screen. It looks like you'd think it was 10 hearts cuz that's what Zelda is, but it's actually 11, I think. Yep. Um Yeah, it, that's the that I noticed that like really late in the game. <laughs> where it's like once you fill up your once you fill up your life and it's like oh that's two rows of 11 yeah i noticed it because when, when you get the superstar it says you need 11 hearts to basically get like you know you know how in zelda you have the master sword effect where you're shooting out the yeah the the beam sword the beam sword yeah so this has that similar to that where you have to keep your life above a certain threshold uh and then you get to have like a bonus like you basically you can't you you have access to the better version of the yo-yo when you have higher hearts uh so the yeah. game really penalizes you if if you take damage like really really hard actually especially towards the end of the game here um and so the 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 final weapon you need 11 hearts to be able to have access to it and that's when i was like oh <laughs> ah, now i see it's actually 22 <laughs> total hearts and that's when you can do the good for uh good for education bad for health you 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 start popping pills that just full heal you oh yeah the the <laughs> steroids yeah um yeah star tropics is weird very weird yeah but i did genuinely enjoy it and i i i was committed to getting through it in like a especially for like the first game of 2021 like i wanted to do yeah, Star Tropics is something that we both had like good memories of mm-hmm. or recognized to be like well received. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to play something that was garbage for for our first game of 2021. So we kind of looked into it as like, hey, what's something that seems kind of cool to to start off with? And I was 
And we landed on Star Tropics, and I, you know, I got into it, and I was like, okay, this game's going to be kind of trolly in its design. It's going to set me back. It's going to be difficult. But the game overs aren't really that punishing, so let's just do it legit. Yeah, the, the final stage is really the only stage that has a truly punishing death system, I would say. Because the final stage, it's really short. And if you know what you're doing, you can probably finish it in like five minutes. Um, but your first time through the final stage is hard. It's super rough. Yeah, like uh, that, that mission requires muscle memory and memorization and just like even a little bit of manipulating. exploitation. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you have to manipulate screen transitions sometimes to, like, make oh, them, yeah. it to, like, jump the right way if you don't know what you're doing, I guess. But, like, um, that's that's all, like, just NES things, right? Right. It, so the, the like, final stage becomes NES hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, very much so. It, I got really lucky, though, with the final boss. So, you know how, so the final boss room is kind of, like, a big open, like, walk around square, and then another side, like, left and right, and then the middle of the stage is, uh, how many platforms were there like 12 like 12 squares that you can jump between yeah it's like three by four yeah and so you can use this to kind of like manipulate how the boss is going to move mm -hmm. and you know the time that which you is killed good because he one hit kills you yes one <laughs> and there's no checkpoint for this stage so it's redoing the whole level which is mostly just it's like i said it's short but it's still tough well um, it's it does something that nothing else does which is put you on a simple 2d plane right true where, like, you don't have this sort of, like, top-down, um, you yeah, know, no you don't movement. have, like, an X and Y uh, plane to move on to, like, avoid projectiles. So everything that shoots at you just shoots at you. You <laughs> yeah. can't, like, sidestep it or anything. It's just, it just, you just have to absorb so much damage. You know, speaking of that, we didn't mention it earlier. It's really cool how the the when projectiles are hitting you they 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 definitely seem like they need to hit a certain spot cuz like they may they they almost there's almost a 3D-ness to your models where yeah, yeah, yeah. You, if it it it's like hitting your head but that's not quite the sprite hitbox cuz technically it would be behind you or something like that right 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 where you don't take damage and i think that's really neat and you when you're jumping you can when you attack your model actually shoots the your attack downward like the the sprite work oh yeah 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 in this game are phenomenal you can tell it was made by the people that they they basically they 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 created the 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 chipset for the for the NES right like this is a a testament to how good an NES game can really look uh and sound i i i love yep. the the art and and some of the there's like some still images in the game where i don't know like you see a parrot and or or like the boat sinking or whatever and the artwork is really well done it's like it is lavishly animated yeah for its for its platform like, right, like you know it's an NES game, but at the same time you're like, dang, that looks nice. Mm -hmm. But uh, even like even late in the game, you have that uh, you have your obligatory face and hands boss. <laughs> yeah, and yep. like the 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 hands like sliding across the stage and doing their little grasping animation is like mm -hmm. it's very smooth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. So, so, so what I was gonna say about the boss is, you know how when you kill them, you got them kind of trapped in the top left corner of right before the right before like the jumps and he couldn't come back basically like he 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 like tried to jump at you but then the ai got confused and he ended up moving like to the left or to or down and then you like shot him as he came back into into your line of sight and you sort of just pummeled him to death like that yeah 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 uh so that's that's what happened to me on my first maybe my second try and i was like oh hey so i got really really lucky and was able to to kill the final boss right away after making it through the gauntlet um 
because that was an accident that I, his AI got confused and he didn't want to jump in front of your path, but because he's limited to the same movements as you are, he got like stuck in like a weird loop and I was able to just gun him down super fast. Uh, I can see how that would be possible because it seemed it like the way that I ended up beating him was kind of similar. Yeah, exactly. And then that's, that's a, that's a joy of star tropics. It's, it's, it's really fun. If, if you have access to, to the game, I would, I would definitely say play it. And honestly, it doesn't even matter. Usually I say with the caveat of, you know, you want to be able to rewind time or have save states. And I think this is one of the, one of the few games that we've played for the NES specifically, where I would say it doesn't matter. You know, if you don't, if you don't mind persevering through some frustrating parts, you'll, you'll have fun with the game. I would say of, also like if you, the game's eight chapters, yeah. if you want to play through like three or four, and then you decide like you're pretty much done with it. I don't think you'll miss that much. Yeah, I could see that. I would and say like, at least do, you get at least the, do chapter you get the four. general idea. <laughs> yeah, and you and you'll hear the some some of the best NES uh, music. Yeah, and like obviously you get to you get to seven and it's like okay now it's now we've gone from like island adventures to spaceship robot UFO. Yeah, S- seven and eight. Um, they're very different, but like, they don't play that much different. It's just harder. Yeah. Basically I would say seven and eight are, are at the point where if you're not uh, totally in love with the game or you really have like that completionist feeling or you're streaming it, uh, that's, 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 if you want to give up there, don't feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's something where you're really missing all that much if you don't finish it. It's not like, it's not like the story's really going to be lost on you. Yeah. So did, but yeah, did you, it's worth it's worth putting hands on and just seeing what's up. Yeah, then and then it was a good time. Despite like I laughed, I cried, I yelled at it a lot. I <laughs> used some choice words. <laughs> I think that's Star Tropics, my friend. Yeah. So what are we doing next week? Well, speaking of good music, we're going yeah, to be playing well Donkey Kong Country. Now this this game for me, I'm I'm really really hyped about this. I I I loved it as a kid, and I have not played it since. Um, it was, I it's like, I believe some... that I have played it in my adult life, but it has been at least 10 years. So yeah, I, 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 my, I have a, I have a very soft spot for this game, which I'll talk about next week, but mm, okay. after it's, it's funny because when I played one of the newer ones, I was kind of like, man, Donkey Kong sort of sucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like like the, the 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 core mechanics of the game were it's sort of like that sonic feeling to me where i was kind of like do i yeah. like this game still yeah like it what 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 did i like about this as a kid so i'm i'm excited to to talk about that uh yeah yeah it's week. always interesting to to go back on on your nostalgia and be like okay is it actually good or did i just like it as a kid because i wasn't critical <laughs> yeah, right. or or your your favorite point is you own three games. You're going to like them. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Damn it. You will play Home Alone for SNES and you will get good at that game because that's what you have. <laughs> Next Christmas, Home Alone on SNES. I mean, I would play it like <laughs> maybe maybe we'll, it will take us like six years to play through all the different versions of Home Alone. 
Dude, you have no idea how many Home Alones. There... Well, I guess you do. We literally talked about it a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's a lot. It'll take more than it'll take more than six years. That will be our annual Home Alone adventure for like 10 years of the podcast. It's not a bad idea. Let's see if we remember it 11 months from now. <laughs> All right. Until next time. All right. We'll see you next week.